No rock stars, roadies, or groupies were harmed in the making of this broadcast. On the Rocks with Jamie Wilson is brought to you by Offshore Music. Go where the sound takes you. Giving it to you straight and no chaser. This is On the Rocks with Jamie Wilson. On the Rocks with Jamie Wilson is brought to you by Offshore Music. Go where the sound takes you. Hey, 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 what's up, guys? Welcome to On the Rocks. I'm Jamie Wilson. We got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, it's Offshore Music's fifth year anniversary this year. And so it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be a great time hanging out with the people behind Offshore Music as we are going to be celebrating our vinyl night tonight. So it's going to be all about vinyl. And maybe we can ask a few questions on how you know, offshore music uh, happened and how it's going to keep on happening for the years to come. But before we get to that, we've got a few announcements. Of course, from Offshore Music, Anna Mori just released her single, Oh Bleeding Hearts, and it's available on all streaming platforms. It's a kick-ass track, guys, and it's uh, a teaser for her uh, for her new album that's going to be coming out. She'll be releasing a lyric video on Friday, so stay tuned to her YouTube channel for the premiere, and we're also going to be shooting a few music videos for her, so stay tuned for that. Also, Anak ng Bayan by Solo is still out there and kicking ass, and so is Alive at Wild Grass by Extrapolation. So be sure to check them out on all streaming platforms only from offshore music. We'd also like to thank Buenos Dias Panaderia and the Misty Mountain Cafe for giving me so much happiness and always supporting our show Premium blend coffee with the Milo buns. Really, it's the best combination in the world. So make sure to check out their social media pages. That's Buenos Dias Panaderia and the Misty Mountain Cafe. Now, from our friends from Liquor.ph, they sent me this amazing bottle. Robert Burns, in case you don't know, and I just found out myself today, Robert Burns is the national poet of Scotland and also the writer of the official New Year's song, Old Lang Sin. Which basically, if you you know, if you're not familiar with the title, it's it's that New Year song of for all of should all acquaintance be forgot and all na, 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 you know that New Year song. He actually wrote it. He's a national poet of Scotland, and thanks to Aaron's single malt, they have created the Robert Burns single malt Scotch whiskey. Now, as a Scotsman, I'm sure he'd be very proud because he just got turned into a single malt. This Scotch is aged in ex-bourbon and ex-sherry casks, making it smooth, malty, and sweet with a delicious spicy twist on the finish. At only 43% alcohol by volume and only 1,999 pesos, it's an easy decision to make, guys. So buy this whiskey. Don't be fooled. Get this and other Aaron Scotches, Aaron Scotches, exclusively from Liquor.ph. Thank you so much. All right, so tonight, tonight we've got the offshore gang with us and we're going to be talking about all things offshore and of course why 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 are they focusing on vinyl releases which is a very brave thing for a record label to do but we're going to be asking a lot more questions about not only their collections but how offshore music started how offshore music works and where they see themselves going in the next 10 years so ladies and gentlemen let's bring on pat derek and of course ellie buendia onto the show Hello. Hey guys, how are you guys doing? Hey. Hi, Jamie. Okay. Hey guys, we're on we're on GCQ alert level number four again. So you know, I I think this new system now 
is actually a lot clearer than the MECQ, MGCQ, you know, all, all these like variants and all that. But how are you guys been doing during this pandemic, this extended pandemic we're actually going through right now? Uh, Pat, let's start with you. I don't know. It's just extending and extending. That's how it feels. Like, uh, I don't have any sense of time anymore. Uh, I, I, I've... Yung band namin sa Oflam, we forgot, we all forgot that our single was coming out today. It's, it's yeah, it bad. did, yeah, it came out. Yeah, yeah, but we all forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it was just out, and we're like, oh shit, oh nga, it's today. Yo, know, so yeah, that's an indicator of, I don't know anymore. Uh, it's just yeah, just living, just living. It, it's it's funny it's like all, all the days are starting to blend into each other not like before where you know when we'd be going out we knew what the weekday was and we knew what the weekend was mm -hmm. and now even i get surprised na parang, huh it's friday huh it's wednesday you know yeah. it just happens eh? oh what about you derek how have you been doing during this pandemic okay naman i think uh i i just uh, look at it at, at as a positive uh um, situation where I spend time with the family. My my son, who is in uh, in high school, is also at home. So I get to to um, see him most often. Check my wife, but it's mostly work for me. Um, uh, and uh, and during um, I guess uh, free time, we watch a lot of movies together, and uh, take my time. I take time to also, um, of course, listen to to music. So yeah, okay lang. Well, I think I think with this pandemic and all of us, like basically the world stopping, a lot of us has, have turned into those two exact things: uh, <laughs> net Netflix subscriptions and listening to all the music that we can get our hands on. Oh. And I think it's a, it's a good productive way to spend your time while we're locked down or we're you know our movements are controlled. But also, I can't wait to actually go back out there and watch like live bands again, or even play, like sing, yeah. you know, and perform. Um, but I think we just have to hold on a little bit longer before we get to that. Um, so we have to hang on and hang in there. What about you, Ellie? How you been doing? You've been you've been busy. You've got like a couple of concerts coming up, right? Yeah, um, like you said. Uh you have to hang on, and uh, this is how I hang on. Um, uh, I've been keeping busy with um, all things offshore. That was, yeah, I have a big thing coming up um, that, uh, that online show. What I mean, I think it's it's going to be a difficult. Is it a difficult transition doing an online show? I mean, I tried those streaming things. You know, like, you know, the Kumu and that. And it's kind of difficult if, you know, in terms of this, a talk show, that's easy. We're just talking. So it's like a Zoom call, right? But I, is it is it uh, more difficult performing without an audience? Definitely. I mean, uh, the disconnect is kind of uh, jarring. I mean, I performed like twice online and uh, I really didn't enjoy it. But, you know, it didn't help. I think it comes back to like uh, I think with this with this situation that we're under with the lockdowns and this pandemic happened. I think it's it's coming down to 
us making choices of why we do what we do and what we really love about it. Because when you remove the audience, you're not getting energy from the audience. Um, you're, you're physically disconnected from the audience. I'm sure Pat also can relate. Um, it's, just, uh, it's just a matter of like, okay, at least I'm with my bandmates and we can play and we can play loud and live or a semblance of live, not wala lang audience, di ba? Online lang yung audience. So I think that's, that's what's going to matter. Um, and also what matters tonight, I mean, for me, I've always been curious. I've, I've been doing my research. I've read a lot of articles, but I can't wait to actually find out from you guys. How did offshore music start? What was the seed of it? What made you want to start a record label? And how did offshore music, how was offshore music born? Um, Ali, do you want to take that? Sure. Uh, basically, um, Offshore was founded because um, I wanted to release uh, some new music because apartheid. Uh, and I didn't want to do, do all that um, all over again, like uh, go major Kimbaga. They were the major leader. So, parang sabi ko, I'm like, I'm nearing 50, so it's about time I'm independent. And that was the sort of the, the thing that uh, drove me. And then, um, nagkataon, may mga uh, taong uh, who, who are like similarly inclined uh, in terms of uh, the love of vinyl, the love of music in general, and uh, that was uh, the, the board that started uh, offshore. We were six at that time. We were six at that time. Yeah, that's uh, one of the boards. So, yeah, that's how it started, basically. So when you started offshore music, basically you wanted to you did you want to start? Because I mean, essentially, record labels, when you are releasing artists under your label, right? And this is correct me if I'm wrong. This is how I would imagine if I were to start it. You're looking for music that you can't find out there from the other labels that are existing. You want to foster artists, and this also starts from your musical tastes. But looking at offshore music stable of artists, they're all very different, which is quite interesting on its own because it's not like you're a rock label or a dance label or a pop label because you have a little bit of everything. Um, but what do you think, how would you um, say that the artists under you, how would they be um, considered or labeled as an offshore music artist? What makes an offshore music artist? Um, Pat, do you want to take that? Um, yeah. I don't think naman it's about the genre, like you said. But I guess we look... I guess it's more of like a connection, connection thing. Like if, if you can relate to this, to this artist. Uh, personally, also, I like artists that are kind of um, very, like, courageous. And, like, who are really passionate and like don't don't 
really care about like what's uso or whatnot. Like they have a clear vision of who they are and what kind of music they want to make, or even down to like to how they want to look and stuff. Um, I I think it's even yeah, when you just meet the person. Sometimes you just know like oh like this person's serious or like this band is serious like that like they want to do this so yeah it's it's more of that vibe and Der- Derek when you when you came into offshore you basically got kidnapped by Sila Eli um, in mm-hmm. consulting for offshore do you get a chance also to pick artists or to listen to their demos do you have um, do, you, do you give your input on like Yan these guys are good Ito, hindi masyado. <laughs> may may ganun ba? May ganun dynamic ba? Well, yeah. Um, I guess uh, how how it works is uh, Pat normally um, gets to recommend the bands, of course, at Ellie as well. And they get to share their demos. And to me, because I'm a music fan, I get to listen to their music. So primary talaga is if we dig the music, we like it. So don palang it's already um, you know uh, parang a plus if we like the music, but at the same time we also get to know the the artists so we get to talk to them um, and and find out who they are what their likes are and and there makakaroon ng connection and once that connection uh, is there then we get to decide and say oi ito um, there's a, you know there's there's a future in this in this artist. And uh, you know, we just want to listen to to their music, and eventually, uh, we we agreed that one of the best ways is if we could release them their music or their albums on vinyl. So, to us, we're also uh, me myself. I'm I'm a fan of the artists that that we have in our roster. So, primary to me is to get to listen to them live, and then release their albums uh, on our favorite format, which is vinyl. Now there's a big there's a big push. Um, of course, vinyl has been outselling all the other music formats for years now, um, and there are various reasons whether it be for nostalgia or it's a it's a better format to listen to. Um, I think you were one of the first ones here in uh, in the Philippines who were pushing for vinyl releases. Why? I mean, I understand it's your favorite format, right? But why why push for a vinyl release? It can't. It can't be practical, because it's it's a it's a risk. It's an actual physical unit that's selling it, right? Um, I've asked Pat uh, her reasons why uh, she wanted to be it be released on vinyl, and of course, as a musician, you're like, yeah, man, I have my placa so that's bragging rights. But for, as a as a as a record label, that had to be some kind of a, 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 a considerable risk in releasing a, an artist on a vinyl record. Um, what decisions led to that? How do you how do you choose which artists get released um, into vinyl? Uh, who would like to take that? Ellie, you want to take that? Sure. Um, I'd like to say that uh, I would love to say that there was a lot of uh, thought that went into our first foray into enough vinyl manufacturing, vinyl selling, but no. There wasn't because we were all, again, musicians and uh, music lovers, vinyl lovers. And the first, I think the, the very first 
uh, meeting was like, let's release vinyl. And that was it. Um, wala nang consideration at all whether we, we could afford it or whether it would sell. Uh, we just wanted a vinyl release out. And we wanted to be the first to come out with uh, this release, which was um, the first Apartal album yeah. in Italy, which uh, was the first to be uh, released locally that was uh, a double double album and uh, 45 degree angle, <laughs> 45 RPM uh, released. So yeah, that was a first and we're, we're very proud of that. Well, I think I think you're, you've you've paved the way in showing uh, in showing that this is possible. It's not only a good business decision, but you know also a good artistic decision. Um, but there had to be challenges along the way in terms of how to release vinyl. Because I do we have do we even have any vinyl pressing here at all? Walana, di ba? No, no. So you had to go abroad. So that that entailed a lot of research. What what goes into releasing a vinyl? Derek? Oh yeah, let's let's hear from Derek. Um, well, because you know we're we're collectors and, and I guess in the years of collecting you somewhat know um what are good pressings, who who are the good engineers that could remaster a record, um, you know, the, even even the the cover, um who are these printing companies that could provide quality uh, jackets so um obviously we have the internet now we get to um source out uh, different factories uh, and and you know um because we we're familiar in the in the sense that the records we buy there's some consideration on who who mastered the the record um how it sounds um, what's a good, uh, is, is, sometimes we, we get to ask uh, what would be a good color for the vinyl because hindi lang black ngayon, everybody's uh, craving for colored vinyl. So those different aspects, um, given our experience and our joy for playing a, a record is already factored in and how we approach uh, in, in releasing vinyl. So um, we started... Uh, in in reaching out to to Japan um, in in a factory in Japan um, because it's nearest to us and at the same time because of uh, the perceived and and uh, uh, sorry the perceived uh, quality of how Japanese uh, press the records um, we felt that that would be the right direction so we we start again kanina sabi ni Ellie, um it's gonna do make business sense we just felt that we'd want to have a record um and we'd want to release a quality record so those considerations quality good sounding um uh, record uh and and uh, so there that's that's how we uh work on our um, releases on vinyl so going going back a little bit now for um in terms of running a record label before you decided to release on vinyl or if that was always the plan um what are the main challenges in running a record label uh I would know I've never been at on that side of the of the uh, of the equation 
But what are, what are your biggest challenges? Uh, Pat, uh, let's, let's hear from you. I want to hear from each of you guys because I'm sure you have all unique challenges in running offshore music or helping run offshore music. So I want to um, know what, what your biggest challenges are. Um, it's a lot of like computer work <laughs> and like, <laughs> um, like admin type things. Like, uh, I mean, that's, that's like, I guess that's the hard part. It's like, oh yeah, like so many ideas, like so many, like the making the music or producing the music, I think is the easy, easier yeah. part actually. And that, that, then, that could be your reward. Like, oh, I want to be in the studio with an artist. That's the reward. Yeah, doing, yeah. Having to do all the admin work every day. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, like, yeah, it, there's, a, there's a lot uh, of stuff that I didn't know um, business sense-wise before joining. Or it was, I didn't get to apply it in, like, a practical way yet. So, um I mean, I didn't go to, to like any business school or anything. So, um, being being here, it was it's kind of like uh, OJT kagad or something <laughs> like, ganon yung vibe like in the start. And oh, na man, like, uh, it's scary lang I think at first because it's kind of overwhelming. It's like oh crap, like I have to like find a sponsor, <laughs> like that, <laughs> like that. And then it's like, how do I do that? But you just like you know, just it's just like learning as as you go kind of thing. So that I think that for me is like something I definitely that I, I learned being an offshore. I think also it would be it would be a unique experience coming from the artistic side, like being a musician, and just being asked to play, you know, on albums yeah. versus um, you know seeing what actually goes on in order to produce to to record to produce and to release your music i think that that gives you a newfound appreciation of what it takes uh it takes a village to release a song not just the band not just the engineer but it's also it takes it takes everybody on the record label to be on your side it takes marketing it takes you know all these aspects i think it did it give you a newfound appreciation for just being a musician <laughs> Uh, it, it definitely, yeah, yeah, like, you know, it's like two, two sides of the coin, but you're on both sides, like that. <laughs> like, well, you're on, yeah, so, uh, I guess, there, there, there's also, more, it's more systematic, I guess, like, uh, I think I'm I'm kind of, like, stubborn as an artist and stuff, but, but now I'm less stubborn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because now you have to deal with other artists and take care of other artists, <laughs> or like he doesn't know like what what goes, you know, what the process behind it. I guess is more, you know, more about it more. Yeah. Derek, what about you? What are your biggest challenges in consulting for offshore? I think it's uh, bringing the music to a broader audience. Um, you know, uh, so. It's important that you we get to communicate and bring the music to to a lot of people so that they could you know hear how good the, the artist and the single that we release. And currently, I know there's uh, you know social media, um, and uh, um, from well we we try to reach out to as much people as possible, but 
there's so much music out there. Eh? So, you know, you got to be um, ahead of everyone and you have to really make a statement. And so, and even when you release, an, you know, a single, for example, um, there should, the, the way you communicate the, the music, there should be impact and should catch the attention of the listener. Otherwise, again, you'll be drowned with so many music uh, from different labels, from different artists. And to me, that's, that's important. Um, so to me, that's, the, that's really the biggest challenge is, is broadening our audience so that, uh, you know, we're, we're relying on digital streams. Eh? You got to have yeah. millions and millions of streams to, to make the business work. And, and again, to bring that, that music to to everyone for them to enjoy it and get to stream it and um, put it in their playlist. Uh, to me, that's, that's, that's the biggest challenge. So to everybody listening um, right now, okay, you heard millions and millions of streams. So make sure, you know, when you tune into your favorite artist, you make sure to just keep on, you know, keep that song on repeat. Because if it's a good song, you'll keep it on repeat anyway. That's what I do. When I discover a new song, like like Anna Maury's, uh Oh Blessed Hearts, really, like, or Bleeding Hearts, oh my God, when I heard that, I'm like, it's on repeat all day. So I'd like to think that, you know, each each individual listener, it's in their hands now. It's not just moving units, but it's how many times, since it's digital streaming, it's how many times you play that song. And if you love that song, if you're like me, um, you're going to play the shit out of that song, like, all week long. So if it takes millions of streams, to actually, um, you know, make the business model work. Um, eventually, you know, you can be rewarded by a vinyl release. So you can actually hold that piece of music in your hands. You know, that would be great. Um, I think that would be a, an essential um, thing to make this work. And also, if you keep on supporting, like, for example, fans like me who listen to music all the time, if we continue to support, um, like, record labels like you, and people who are turning out unique releases, then we can expect more releases and more artists. And that's just how the model works. We can't we can't uh, take a passive uh, step. It's actually a lot of it is in the fans' hands now, in terms of digital releases and streaming and sharing, and you know making playlists. And it's, I think it's very important that as music lovers, we take an active um, role in making sure that the artists that we love can release another album, man. That's the only way to do it, you know? And I think that's, that's been around for a while, but never more so now in the digital age, in the streaming age. It's actually in our hands. Um, Ellie, let me ask you, what's, what's the biggest challenge for you um, in terms of, uh, you know, heading offshore? I'm sure you get a lot of demos out there, um, you know, that are sent into you that sound like the Eraserheads. Uh, and I, 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 I've, I've heard you rant about it. I've seen your posts also, and I, I, I'm sure you're not looking for the next Eraserheads, but what is it that you're looking for when you listen to these demos? Uh, yeah, I would consider this uh, aspect of the job a challenge because, um, first of all, there's a lot of talent out there and uh, being a you know a musician myself and knowing what it feels like 
to not have an audience or not having people appreciate your songs, you know, there's there's almost a parang compulsion on my part and generally Offshore's part to parang, you know, let's, let's sign all of them, diba? Parang, uh, there's like only like what, five, six actual record labels here and a lot of those talents are looking for a, a, a place to call home. And if we had a choice, we would want to, would want all those uh, artists to call Offshore home. But, you know, uh, being a, a really, a really uh, small company, uh, we just can't do that. We, we don't have the manpower, nor do we have the, the, the financial capability as of now to uh, really take care of artists and see to it that uh, their uh, their career is, uh, is is taken care of so yeah that, i think that's the biggest challenge in, in uh, being a small company like offshore i think it's interesting when you guys mentioned that um you get to know the artists like if you like their music the next step is getting to know the artists and seeing if you're if you're uh if you're aligned, if you can work with each other, I think that's a really important factor because no matter how brilliant the music is, if the band or the artist is a jerk then and he's hard to work with, then I'm sure that plays uh, a, a part in your consideration of signing um, an artist. Am I correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Because, yeah. If, you, because if you can't, if you want to make him sakal in the first five minutes of meeting him, I don't care how good your music is. I get well, the, the only jerk that uh, I sign is Nito. Nito, <laughs> Nito is naman not that difficult. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. It was just his birthday, huh? Sinitoy, so happy birthday, Nitoy. Yeah, happy birthday, Toynitz. Oh, oh. We love you. We love yeah. you, senor. But I, I'm wondering, okay, so how many how many submissions do you get on, say, a weekly basis from bands who want to be signed by Offshore? Does anybody here know? Who checks well, the emails? liberty to say. <laughs> Oh no! Are you going to the? I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Maybe we should call Audrey on to the show. <laughs> well, it's it's it's, uh, it's around to go to five or ten a week. Five or ten a week. That's a lot of artists to listen to. Um, and I'm sure, like, since you have to consider if before you pick, um, one, what's the process of you picking an artist? Is it a democratic? Do you guys all have to vote? Do you guys argue amongst each other? Do you guys fight for one band? I mean, are there any are there any disagreements going on within the uh, decision making to sign an artist? Well, not really, because uh, uh, we have departments, naman, like uh, Pat here uh, is basically in the you know the recruiting department so yeah uh, uh kami naman ni, ni Derek like 
you know, if we trust among her, her tastes and, and uh, Audrey's taste also. Uh, so, parang we differ na lang. And uh, so far, wala pa naman kami parang oh, ayaw namin yan. So, so far naman, um, oh, no. we, we agree pa rin. Wala. Oh, that's awesome. So, that that's basically sensing a lot of like uh, trust. Yes, Chino, slow ko naman. Yeah, medyo slow kasi I have to take him seriously, di ba? I can't assume everything Ellie's saying is, you know, could be a joke. And Ellie's the master of the deadpan delivery. So sometimes I, it takes me a few seconds to get a joke of his. And I'm notorious for being slow anyway. <laughs> so hi to Chino, big record uh, collector or big vinyl collector. Yeah. Also. Uh, we're doing a shout Let's do shout out also. There's a guy here, Norberto Lacap. He's watching from Milan, Italy. Oh, check that out. Um, a lot of people are on the feed now asking, you know, uh, basically choice commenting also. Laki ng improvement ng Abbey Road Remastered, the full flood. Um, people are also saying, see, Rocky Road naman is saying Vicor will be pressing vinyls again next year. So that's a, that's a good sign for the major record labels also to start getting in on the business because competition, I think, is always great. But I think what keeps us together in terms of uh, the music and the music industry. It's understandable that, you know, there are other record labels out there. There's a lot of um, artists and talented people out there um, for the taking, basically, who want, to, who want to reach a bigger audience. But I think what keeps us solid is a community. Um, I think uh, the musicians in particular and music lovers uh, specifically are a big community and that really goes into the vinyl aspect of it. There's a, I didn't realize that there's a huge vinyl community here in the Philippines. I've only recently started collecting. Actually, my wife started collecting and I'm just helping her, you know, facilitate her collection. Um, but the vinyl community, um, how does that, how did that start here in the Philippines? Derek, let's go to, you've been collecting for a while, right? Yeah, siguro mga maybe 10 years, ganyan. So, I, I well, um, in Facebook, there's uh, quite a number of uh, uh, audio communities. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, from from my end, I wanted to, get to know um you know more vinyl releases um another thing that i wanted to understand is what would be uh what would be a good gear that i could uh, have that won't break the bank um so i i ventured into vintage audio and uh, of course you need uh, um, recommendations from the experts so Naturally, I, I joined and, and invited the rest of Offshore to be part of audio communities. And that's where we, we, I know, um, we shared music and at the same time, naging inspiration then sila for us to do, uh, for us to release vinyl. So, yeah. What, what's amazing with the vinyl community and, you know, they're, they're very helpful. Like I'm part of a few of the Facebook groups on uh, the audio files and the vinyl community and everybody just recommends. Everybody's very generous with um, their recommendations, their advice. 
Um, sometimes they just make yabang or oh, look what I picked up, di ba? I mean, ganun din tayo lahat. Mm-hmm. Look, at the, look at the album I found, you know, today or I got today. Um, but nothing actually, for me, nothing reflects that more than World Record Store Day. And I think that's amazing uh, in a sense where there's one day, well, not during the pandemic, but hopefully when we get out of it, we'll come back, right? World Record Store Day is an amazing opportunity for the for the community to get together. And I've actually gone through several record store days and I've gone home much poorer because, siempre, all the record resellers are there, right? But how does you guys have been part of record store day and you've actually hosted some record store days? How does that work? When you, how is it difficult getting everybody together? It it start. I'll, I'll answer that, Siguro, because I, you know, it started yeah, with the audio with a, an audio community, um, and uh, uh, they invited us. They because we get to talking about music, we invite. They invited us to to work with them. We felt that it was a good opportunity to to release um, uh, uh, something during that uh, that event. So we worked with them and had the first uh, record store day event in in uh, Buda Bar. Um, in fact, I would want to share that this one, if you remember Ellie and Pat, this yeah. was this this was the one that we were supposed to release during that first event but uh, did not uh, um, materialize because of the quality um, and, and that's where it, we we, sh- we parang had to make sure that you know we, we can't just release because this this record when we first got it uh, some trivia and we listened to it it didn't pass our quality uh, assurance and we felt that Oy, kahit na may event, we we couldn't release it. So after after the first event, we felt that oy, we need to um, do another round. So that on the next on the second record store day in the Philippines, we released the the better pressing of, of that uh, single of Itchy Worms, Ellie and the Itchy Worms. Uh, but uh, again, it it uh, entails a lot of work, no, and and cooperation within the community because. Um, in in that event, you get to um, uh, parang enjoy uh, the different uh, records being sold by the different sellers and the record stores. Tapos meron pa siyang um, concert. So it's just mm-hmm. a, a really good event that uh, that a lot of music lovers um, attended during that time and. Uh, Sayang lang during this pandemic, hindi na natuloy. We were supposed to do another one, but uh, because of the pandemic, hindi natuloy. So we're looking forward to to having another event. Um, though Record Store Day is still being held in some selected uh, countries, pero dito sa atin, um, yung mga Record Store, Store Day vinyl releases na lang ang dumadating, and that's what we we try to to look for and and see what we can have what's amazing with world record store day um like if i'm looking for something specific and i'll mention this one instance where uh we were doing only el bimbo the musical in resorts world and it was world records there store day in resorts world and we had two shows that day and um our friend chino vigilas was watching right now 
um, we were very excited because, you know, it's right outside, you know. And I remember that date was payday pa for us actors. So we're like, wow, sakto. And I said, no, maybe not. I have to like, you know, uh, stop myself um, from blowing all my money on world records today. And I specifically, my friend Chino was, uh, I told him specifically, I'm looking for the Cosby Stills National Deja Vu album because I don't have it yet. Right? And I remember him in between shows telling me, Uy, meron. So I went out with him. And it's amazing because when you're in World Record Store Day, although technically there are resellers and there are record stores, there are labels there also, um, it's amazing because if one particular stall does not have it, this guy will actually help you out and tell him, hindi, pumunta, pumunta ka sa kabila, meron yan. Diba? Or ask, of, ask this guy if he has that copy because I'm sure I think I saw his copy there and all that. It's all a very... It's a very generous community and a very helpful community. And when you're part of Record Store Day, guys, when you go to Record Store Days, do you guys cruise the other stalls as well? Like, Ellie, do you, do you cruise the other stalls, uh, you know, shopping uh, for vinyl as well? I think you should go in disguise, you know, and... So they won't raise the prices if they're thinking, oh no, it's it's Ellie. We're gonna raise the prices. <laughs> you should go in disguise. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, they give they give uh, good discounts. Uh, oh, see, that's amazing. Them. See, that's that's an amazing community. You can actually make tawad. You they can give you discounts. Sometimes they even give you freebies. Like I remember getting stickers from you guys when I bought an, when I bought some LPs from you guys in resorts. Well, I got I got free stickers, and I'm like, hey, stickers. You know, it doesn't take much to make me happy. But I think as a community, um, yeah, Chino, you're you're right. Uh, Chino's here watching, he's commenting. Yeah, it's a family. And I think it's a family that's been bonded in um, the love for this particular format. And that's rooted in the love of music to begin with. Because when you see, it's, it's also nice to go to World Record Store Days because not only are you going, are ch you're checking out the vinyls, you're checking out the records, but at the same time also, you're, you're with your with your peeps, with your community. I bumped into several friends who are heavy jazz guys and they're busy digging through the crates of jazz. I see guys who, um, like me, nag-aagawang kami sa mga rock and roll albums na nahanap namin. Um, and yeah, Chino, we should buy with Ellie para may discount tayo palate. I have si Chino. <laughs> Opportunist. <laughs> Magalingan. Oh, Jamie, I have to admit, one of the perks of Record Store Day and being part of it is to actually be there during the setup in the morning. Sa egress, ingress pa lang, ako naman nando na. So, uh, to, to get to choose and have first dibs on, on oh, what the sellers are. <laughs> that's so unfair. You get dibs. But I guess that those are the perks if you're organizing it, and then like, you probably like, oh, um, I know meron dyan. Hey, you know, I, I think it's always a fun experience. Um, now that a lot of people are like ordering online and stuff, and, and these are very specific um, ways of participating in the vinyl cultures that you order online. But I cannot, for the life of me, replace that experience of digging through a crate of records. There's something magical about it. You know, it's the same way as buying books. You go to a bookstore and you look at the shelves and you're looking through the books. You're look, looking through the the, uh, the the vinyls that you have. You're checking out the artwork. It's in your actual hands. And I think that's the most um, 
for me, that's the 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 one part of of collecting that I really really enjoy, and um, I think with you guys um, continuing um, the vinyl culture, propagating the vinyl culture, doing vinyl releases of you know Filipino artists, I think that's a great great way to go. And if this is your current um, like plan right now, you're celebrating five years, guys. It's five years. Um, of offshore music, of releasing quality music, uh, good pressings of records, um, and contributing to the uh, to the uh, sonic landscape and culture of the Filipino. Where do you guys see yourselves five years from now? Let's start with Pat. And Pat, uh, I hope you don't. I, I hope you guys grow to a degree where you don't have to do the admin stuff anymore, because <laughs> it sounded it sounded so painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, ten years. Ah, five years from now. Five years. Um, we'll we'll still be on this podcast and we'll be celebrating the tenth year. Kind of. Um, I don't know. I mean, Sana. Well, more records. More, more, more. More physical records. And I don't know. I'm not good at 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 these like like. Like predicting the future stuff. <laughs> well, like, more records, that's always a good yeah. plus. More yeah. records. And, more uh, and I mean, yeah, and for our, our artists to be uh, where they want to be also and, and, and to be, you know, more, more successful. And uh, I mean, only, only good things, naman, sana, five years from now. Oh, good. Derek, what about you? Where do you see, where do you see offshore music in five years? Uh, more of a really hoping for the best for our artists to to shine and and to have more albums, more releases for them. Um, to me, because for as long as our artists are happy and they get to release more albums, to us that's uh, uh, personal satisfaction already. You know, the acknowledgement that they could get is our we we get to have that praise as well. So, to me, for as long as uh, as Pat was saying, for as long as the artist will be able to achieve and go where they want to go um, in that five-year span where we're going to be happy um, apart from having more records from them and uh, additional artists, of course, additional artists uh, um, maybe from, uh, you know, playing a different genre. We'd like to have, a, a well, uh, maybe another jazz uh, artist uh, on board. Um, uh, Yun, that's to me that's the dream and that's I feel that where offshore will be heading and and hopefully we'll be accomplishing that in the next uh, five years awesome what about you Ellie where do you see offshore going in the next five years um I'm just hoping uh, uh, you know, that we get to sign more artists and um, Get them known, not just here, and, uh, but uh, all over the world. There you go. That's that's a dream. I mean, I'm 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 imagining that you guys will get a box seat in the Grammy Awards. You get to walk the red carpet because an offshore release has been recognized 
you know, internationally. And that's really the dream because really it's for, it's not just for your artists, but it's for the Filipino artists. And we've got so much talent um, in this country that the rest of the world is barely, barely discovering. Huh? Bago Grammys, mix, mix Awards muna. Oh, Mix Awards muna. Uh, wish, wish Awards. <laughs> step by step. Ayan. Wow. See, that's where I see us going, not just in the next five years, but I want this to happen really soon. An all-offshore music festival in the pipeline. Kahit online, hindi. Gusto ko live. Pero yeah, sige, pwede online. Pero ang ganda niyan. I mean, that would be fantastic um, in terms of like, you know, bring your artists all together and i'm sure with your var- you know with the variety of artists that you have under your roster i can only imagine the possibility of collaborations between them i think that would be so interesting um i think jun lupito playing on an enamori album would be like would blow my mind like literally i would have to pick up pieces of my brain um i think uh i think uh, the way you're choosing your artists and the way you're working with these artists are it's so important um, that you continue what you're doing because you're giving Filipino artists a bigger audience and the audience that they deserve. There we go. From um, from our friend uh, here, uh, Keratan. Is that is that the name? I can't see. Thanks for the, yeah, Kirsten. Kirsten, there you go. Thanks for the full flood, Din. Na remastered at Abbey Road. Ang ganda talaga ng tunog. Yeah, there you go. Guys, you know, I mean, you, you, you get to go to Abbey Road. Seriously. So how can the Grammys be that far away? You're in Abbey Road na. <laughs> you know what I mean? And okay, so that, that leads us. Okay, so that's five years from now. And hopefully, you know, yeah, more artists, more vinyl releases, more releases in general. Because, you know, uh, I think the world needs to hear more Filipino um, music out there. Um, and I think this, this is going to bring us to my favorite part in our vinyl nights where we show... Uh, we asked our guests to show their top 10. And, of course, everybody's saying, ang hirap naman ang top 10, Jamie. You, you, it's like picking 10 of your favorite children out of your entire collection. But um, we're going to hear from our guests, and they're going to be showing us the, the top 10 vinyls that they have picked out um, for the show. And we're going to see um, what if there are any stories behind them, why they love these albums. And... Um, We'll get to get a glimpse of their collections for Vinyl Night. So uh, let's start out with Ellie. Let's start out with you. Uh, let's do one per person. So we go around and then we can comment on each person's LP that they're showing. All right, Ellie, let's start with you. What's your first? Oh, I can't read it. Can you say the title? This uh, is... Switched on Bach. Switched ah, on Bach. Yes. Bale si ano to, yung, yung um, mode performance ng mga uh, works ni Bach and performed by Walter Carlos, now Wendy Carlos. Uh, yeah, it, it, this is uh, a trip talaga. And uh, this is my first uh, vinyl na quadro, quadra, quadraphonic. quadraphonic. I still don't know what that means, though. <laughs> uh, Derek tells me uh, uh, it's it's good. It's good sounding. Is so, it yeah. ano Bach na naka synth or yes. it's actual? 
Nakasent na box. Ah. Interesting. So, Moog synthesizers, bale. Ah, so you just the Moog. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's all it's all uh, back pieces, pieces right, from right. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah, that's just an interesting choice. In came out in the sixties when uh, the Moog synthesizer was just you know taking off. Wow, that's a fantastic record. All right, Derek, let's go to you. What's your first? Um, my first one is I, I'd probably say it's my favorite. It's from the Manchester band who used to be Joy Division. It's New Order, uh, Substance. It's uh, it's a compilation of their singles in their extended versions and some other new tracks. Um, what's good about this is uh, you know you get to hear the full length version of uh, their singles and. Uh, um meron din b-sides this is my favorite kasi almost from start to end talagang you'll enjoy it no the um initially when i got to learn about this was through my high school classmate pa during that time i was uh, i saw him bragging and sharing that he has two albums from the us two records the first one was the clash London Calling at ito yung isa. Um, eventually, I was able to persuade him to to um, lend me his copies. Um, I liked London Calling. I liked two songs from that uh, uh, album, of course. It's a classic. London uh, London Calling was a good single. Uh, Lost in the Supermarket, Spanish Bombs. Pero when I heard this, sabi ko, wow. Uh, during the during this time, sikat na sikat yung bizarre love triangle. Pero to me, what I really like here are tracks like "Perfect Kiss," "Thieves Like Us," and and "Ceremony." So this is this is my favorite. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, Pat. Let's go to your first. Um, this is a psych- psychedelic swamp by Doctor Dog. Uh, so. This is one of my favorite albums, I think. And Dr. Dog is also one of my favorite bands. I think they're mostly known to be like an alternative or like folk kind of country band. But uh, this album was a little, I mean, like the title says, it was a little bit more psychedelic. And it was the trippiest album for me because most of their albums... It's like uh, mainly centered around like acoustic guitars and like you know, but this one they kind of they used a lot of like uh, synthesizers and stuff. But the songwriting didn't change. It was it's still very much uh, the parang uh, very uh, romantic kind of like dorky doctor dog stuff. So um, and it's and I I always play it when. My friends are over because it's just easy in the ears and stuff. Nice, nice. I'm going to have to check that out, Dr. Dog. That's what I love about doing this show. I get all new inputs on like what new music to search out for because that's that's important now. It has to be a targeted search for music. So I have to like, it's nice that these these are basically coming at me like um, personal recommendations. Um, so that's a psychedelic swap by Dr. Dog. Uh, Ellie, let's see your number two. So this is uh, Blade Runner 
the Blade Runner. Vangelis, yes. Contract. Uh, it's red. Ooh. And um, yeah, it's it's one of the greatest, I think, greatest soundtracks of all time. Uh, from one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. So yeah, what's not to love about this uh, album? Uh, I can listen to this the whole day. Like, I can go to sleep playing this. I can just have it running and imagine I'm, you know, I'm Harrison Ford investigating murders by replicants. Yeah, it's it's amazing that because um, I'm a big fan of the Blade Runner films as well. And the soundtrack as well. When I when it came out on cassette, I got the cassette. When I got that came out on CD, I got the CD. And you're right; you can leave it on the whole day, and it gives you a mood. It really sets a mood. Na parang, you know, you're you're wondering if you're familiar with with Blade Runner uh, to, to to our audience out there. Um, it is one of the best sci-fi films, and it's actually one of the few sci-fi films that has predicted. The future technology, not in terms of flying cars, but Ellie, do you remember that scene where Harrison Ford was zooming in on the yeah, uh, on the snake, on the mm-hmm. on the the, the scale uh, of the snake, mm-hmm. and then years later, when Harrison Ford uh, did the movie Clear and Present Danger, they were examining a, an explosion, and the exact same thing was happening. They were zooming in, zooming in, zooming in. Um, but this, but, this world tech. but but this time the the technology actually existed. So that's that's amazing. But then yeah, that soundtrack is killer. That's yeah. definitely on my to get list. <laughs> the Blade Runner soundtrack. Derek, let's hear let's let's hear your second one. Um yeah. Before I go to my second one, I wanted to say um I wanted to give a shout out to Rene Rivo. Leroy Hudson didn't make my top ten, unfortunately. Um uh, it was my top 11 choice, but for my number two is uh, a record from 1985. Um, it's the sixth album of The Cure, The Head yes. on the Door. Yes. Um, well, uh, you know, being uh, part of the 80s, talagang mag- favorite ko yung post-rock new wave, no? And, and this, to me, is my favorite uh, The Cure album. Um when I first heard this, um, and and when you listen palang to the first track, no, in between days you'll you'll really get drawn to it already. And I know that I like this album because um, apart from the commercial hits or their singles, na enjoy kuren yung mga ibang uh, tracks like the blood, um, push. Yung the blood I remember um, me flamenco guitar playing see robert smith and i liked it and sabi ko um is it uh um parang a blasphemous song because he was uh, singing uh, i mean that the task that's related to to god but anyways what i like also about the cure is when you look at they, them performing pag nakita mo si robert smith strumming the guitar and his movements parang medyo Ma, ma impress ka talaga eh. So, hindi lang sa record, but even when they play live, they're really very good. I haven't watched them though. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this to me is my number two. I was obsessed with The Cure before. I used to hunt down, um, I went on a journey of hunting down all their albums. 
Um, umabot ako, and surprisingly, where I found them was Unimart in uh, in Green Hills because nobody ever goes to the record store in Unimart back in the day. Everybody's just going to grocery. So that's where I actually completed my collection of The Cure. But that album, and you're right, as soon as In Between Day starts, you're like, you're hooked. You're hooked. And I love the B-sides as well. I had those same, the very same thoughts when I was older and I was realizing um, what the song The Blood was about. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool because you, I've never heard, um, I've never heard uh, a song that would take on such deep meaning, you know, a, a deeper meaning to that. But then on your first listen, you liked it. And then when you find out more about it, but then the song grows with you or your growing up enough to understand what he was really singing about and that's the genius really of the cure because when i revisit them um nowadays it's like listening to them for the first time you're familiar with the hooks you're familiar with the grooves but when you really listen to the song as compared to an 18 year old jamie compared to a 48 year old jamie it's very different so it's part of the song is growing with you and I love, I personally love that album as well. So thanks, Derek, for that. Pat, let's hear your, se- your second one. Yeah, my second album is One Arm Bandit by Jaga Jazzes or Yaga Yazis. I don't know. They're from Norway. Um, so it, uh, Jaga Jazzes is, uh, well, if you Google them, they're like, a, they fall under like a jazz post rock. Um, experimental uh, category, but um, I I can't really say they're one more than the other. They their music is just really unique to me. Um, this album, when I first heard it, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like in a good way, <laughs> and um, like. It's like super journey, yung, yung album na to. And they're like a 13 or 15 piece band or something like that. And when, when you watch them on uh, like live videos and stuff, it's just, it's just amazing. And um, also late, like uh, after listening to them for a while, I found out also that the drummer was like the main composer and arranger. So that kind of put things into like a different perspective perspective for me and I, I tried to start listening to that way and then I think that's that's when I really 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 got into the band so this is my second album fantastic that's just an eclectic yeah. choice but then you know I, I love I love the fact that you listen to them and then you find out that the drummer is the main composer so that yeah that does change the perspective on things mm-hmm. yeah no that's fantastic. Ellie, let's hear your third. Um, naunahan ako ni Derek's uh, head on the door. <laughs> no. So may, may backup ako. <laughs> uh, this is The Smiths. Um, yeah. The Queen is Dead. I think they're um, third or fourth album. Third or fourth, yeah. Uh all their albums are super good. They're great. But uh, ito yung pinaka, I think, uh, tawag dito, uh, pinaka finest nila, uh, si Mar and 
and uh, Morrissey and the band, of course, uh, uh, finest performances, finest um, songwriting. Uh, yeah, the, this the walang tapon dito sa album na to. And um, uh, the Smiths and the Cure were were basically my uh, my heroes uh, songwriting wise when I was uh, in high school. Nice, nice. That's the best Smith album. Smith's album. Sabi ni Chino. Tapos Derek, ang daming nagre-react sa Cure. Ang daming mm. na Kyoto, Blood Song. Kyoto, yeah. Uh, Kyoto. Tapos may mga nagko-comment din na uh, yung Disintegration album. Meron din. Yeah, so I mean, um, OMG The Cure. Oh, yan. From Arvin. And then uh, Richie. Richie Makapinlak, Panalo Yang Head on the Door. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a great... Actually, all their albums are great. Just like the Smiths. All their albums are great. And it's... You know, I, I understand it's so difficult for you guys to choose 10 albums. So thank you for actually taking the time yeah. to go through your collections. No cheating. No cheating. No no cheating this time. Yeah, no, no cheating. But at least, Ellie, may backup ka. So that's coming prepared. That's galeng. Oh, Derek, ikaw naman. Um... Right. Third album, uh, again, it's an 80s album. It was released in 1985. It's uh, Mike Francis Features. It's uh, a pop album. No, um, It's actually considered, eventually I realized that it was considered, this. the genre that Mike Francis is in is Italo dance uh, because he popularized uh, the track uh, Let Me In. Pero that 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 track was is not part of this album. Pero when you get to listen to the different his different songs here, um, you'll really enjoy um, his music. No, so from features of love, upside down. Tapos he has covers here from Ten CC. I'm not in love is here. At saka, um, what's that? Uh, another one is uh, his cover of. Uh, uh, Bill Withers' "Lovely Day" is also ah, here. Yes, and yes, it's a really, really good, a uh, really good sounding album. Um, so yeah, this one. Nice, nice. His cover of Bill Withers is pretty good, actually. I think I first heard his version before I realized that it was Bill Withers. Same, same here, actually. Oh, and Lovely when I day. heard Bill Withers, I was like, "Shinian, kinover." <laughs> Tapos yung pala siya yung nagsulat. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's part and parcel of your discovery for music, right? When artists cover and make their, uh, you know, songs their own, and you listen to their versions, then you discover the original versions, that's just part of the, the journey of our discovering music, uh, you know, from the, the current permutations to the source, to the actual songwriter. Like, I remember um, in, in, in following up that, that idea, I didn't realize how many versions of respect um, were out there. And uh, when Aretha Franklin released it, even the writer, um, I forget who the writer was, the original writer, he's a blues guy. He said, no, um, it's Aretha's. It's not even my song anymore. It's Aretha's because she recorded and performed the definitive version of respect, where even the songwriter himself was saying, yeah, man, that's her song. And that's amazing when you discover things like that, no? That th thanks for that, Derek. Um, Pat, let's go to you. Um, yeah, this is Drunk by Thundercat. <clears throat> it's a 10 
10-inch uh, album. It's the first one I've ever seen in real life. I didn't even know they existed, man. I don't. I, I up to like I'm today today years old. I didn't yeah. realize they came in 10 inches. Yeah. Uh, it's also red. Um, yeah, Thundercat is. Um, he's primarily a bassist, um, but he's also a songwriter. Um, uh, he's also under Brain Feeder Records, uh, which is owned by Flying Lotus. And I, the last um, show I was on, I showed you this Kamasi Washington album. Yes, with, yes. Also under Brain Feeder. So this is one of my. I mean, I've uh, spent a lot of time also listening to this album. Um, it's got a lot of collabs on it, um, like what's that? Uh, Kendrick Lamar and like Wiz Khalifa and stuff. But my favorite one is his collaboration with Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. Wow! <laughs> so they're they're on a track together with Thundercat, and it's is super good. That's my favorite song off the album, I think. Amidst all the crazy funk stuff, sobrang it's odd, but it's bagay. So yeah, you guys should check that out. The Thundercat Trunk. Nag-comment si Chino. I'm the same way, Chino. Grab a patch selection, learning new stuff, man. I mean, like, yeah, that's why I love doing this show because I, I end up like, you know, after after the live broadcast, I go back and I rewind the actual video and I take down notes. Of all the, the all the all the artists that um, our guests have shared, and that just leads me down to a rabbit hole of discovery of music. Especially Pat's got some eclectic stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll send you the list after. Yeah, check it all out. Right. Yeah. Yes, please. All right, Eddie, let's go to your fourth. Um. Well, this night would not be complete. Uh, I did not uh, select this album. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, this is the double album 45 RPM version of Cold Flood. Uh, offer came out uh, with uh, the single 12-inch um, vinyl release. And then we, of course, decided na uh, this has to come out on, uh, on 45 RPM, and this has to be mastered at um, Abbey Road. And um, I was not uh, disappointed with the master mastering. Miles Shallow uh, mastered this. Uh, he's the he's the go-to guy in 45 RPM mastering. Uh, he mastered everyone from Queen to you know, the Beatles and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm very proud of this. Not just because it's a double album, but I'm very proud of this album. And uh, I love uh, Pat's drumming on this. Um, I love the songs. Uh, I love the, the musicianship on this album. And this is the only album where all the, I uh, know, the original, final original members are still uh, here. So yeah, uh, I have good memories of this album. So going into Abbey Road for the mastering, how the oh, hell? I wish, I wish I went 
plan. No, I did not. <laughs> oh, you did not. So you no, just sent no. you just sent him the files. Oh, I think it was in the middle of the pandemic, or I don't know, uh, or the. I think major uh, walang budget to go to Abbey Road, but uh, we were we were talking to uh, Oz and I were talking to Miles Shallow and he uh, extended you know an invitation to ano, to visit him at Abbey Road for you know for no pandemic. So yeah, we might just take him up on that offer. Oh man, yes, please. And then you have to tell us all about that experience because I can imagine just walking in, um, what the, the history that's in that place. I'm sure you're going to be bugging him with a lot of questions, a lot of cuentos. And um, uh, just to be a fly on the wall <laughs> would be nice to just see that entire experience. Yeah, he's an amazing sound engineer, Chino. It's right, right. And, and the Full Flood album sounds amazing. Not just because, not just because of the engineering, but the songs alone, the people playing on it, um, are it's a, it's an incredible album. I can't I can't gush enough about that. I'm so glad I have a copy, and um, really I try my best not to make it gas gas because I want to preserve it somehow. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm gonna be able to do that. <laughs> All right, Derek, let's go to your fourth. I'm a Pearl Jam fan and. Uh... The my next album, my favorite one of well, my favorite of theirs is Vitology. Yeah. Um, well, of course, uh, I started listening to them when they released uh, Ten, and then eventually Versus. Pero this one is the the album that really, parang, uh, made me like them even more. Um. I guess because when they released this in 1994, in 1995, they played here in the Philippines and I got to see them live. And they played, you know, tracks from this album. And, uh, and I, I really liked the, how they performed. Um, that, was at, that was at Folk Arts, right? It was in Folk Arts. Yeah. This was the last uh, album where my favorite Pearl Jam drummer... Um, Dave Abrasisi, um, yeah, he was my favorite, and and you know, this was his last album. Uh, the tracks that I like here, coincidentally, is uh, "Spin the Black Circle," which is uh, um, their uh, a song for their love for vinyl. No, so um, it's it's one of my favorites, together with the first track, "Last Exit," and and a lot more. Yeah, I think um, when they played here, when they played here live, um, I did actually go to that concert. I remember coming straight from the beach, getting home, and my friend called me right as I got stepping inside the door. My friend called me, Jamie, I have ticket. Let's go. So I made tacas from the house. I remember going there in my sandals. Okay, <laughs> I was in sandals. I was in jeans and a t-shirt, but I I wore sandals. And of course, me being me, I wanted to go to the mosh pit. And I lost my, I lost my chinelas in like, in the span of like twenty seconds. But the funny thing about being in that mosh pit, and it's the only mosh pit I've ever been in, that was actually so considerate, and people were taking care of each other, that I, I don't remember getting stepped on. I was barefoot for the rest of the show, and I didn't get stepped on not once. And I was slam dancing 
in that mosh pit in the front in, in the folk arts um, theater when they played. And for me, that was like, wow, that's amazing because my feet probably would have been murdered if it was in any other circumstances. Um, I, I, the one thing also that amazed me with how they played that night, Derek, if you remember, I've never heard a band play so heavy at breakneck speed and then they can turn on a dime. They can stop on a dime and turn, you know, and without missing a beat. I was like, wow, I've never seen a band play that heavy, that fast and be able to, you know, change it up at the drop of a hat. And that's what really impressed me about, you know, um, hindi lang sila magaling sa plaka, pero tangin ang galing nila live. Yeah. Ang husay nila. So that's a fantastic choice. Pat, let's go to you. Um, yeah, so this is... <laughs> yeah, I love that Pearl Jam album. Um, this is a Knee Body plus Daedalus collab album. Knee Body, I think they're both uh, artists from LA. That's why this makes sense. Um, Knee Body is uh, they're kind of like a new school kind of jazz band, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan. I don't know how to describe it. They're, they sound kind of like a rock band, but with jazz instruments. Like saxophones wow. and, I mean, with horns and like it's heavy. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's not swing at, at all. It, it sounds a little more modern. Um, and Daedalus is an uh, electronic artist. Um, he's one of the first electronic artists that I really, really got into in college, I think, because it was the first time I had heard electronic music on his on that one album he had in 2010. It was the first time I heard electronic music to be mixed with world music. And not in a ati ati hand way, you know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah, not yeah. in like a yeah. <laughs> like fiesta way, you know. So that was kind of life changing for me. And then, so these are basically two of my favorite artists on one record, performing together and performing each other's songs. And it's also under brain feeder. I guess I I have a preference, you know. Um, so it's also released under brain feeder records. Yeah, so there's that. And that means comment that we have to take notes. Silistahan ni Pat. Yeah, man. Seriously. Just replay Sorry. the episode and take down your notes. That's great because <laughs> it's an opportunity to discover new groups and new acts that, you know, we, we have never, never heard of. Um, just uh, in case people are also, yeah, I know, the at the way, that was classic, right? And we all know. <laughs> we all know what she means. Um <laughs> Just for uh, just for a reminder, the full flood is still available in Placa Planet and uh, on uh, NEC. Just uh, just make sure to grab the last few copies because it's a damn good album, guys, and it's a damn good pressing. You need this in your life. All right, Ellie, correction. It's it's Placa Express. Ah, uh, Placa Express. Sorry, mm. uh, Placa Express. Corrected. So make sure you grab your copies, guys, because this is something that you simply must have in your life if you're a collector. And even if you're not, it's such an amazing album. All right, Ellie, let's go to your next one. Um, I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with this band. Uh, they're called The Beatles. Uh, <laughs> this is their white 
album. As you can see, it's all white. Uh, cover pa lang, super badass na. Not to mention the, the like 20 plus songs, I think, and this double album, talagang mind-blowing for me. Uh, this is the parang 50th anniversary um, pressing. I have like two. Of course, all their albums are like uh, essential. So meron akong box set ng Beatles. But this one for me, along with Abbey Road, is, is really uh, a magnum opus. And you gotta you gotta you gotta hand it to them because I mean to release uh in when it was first released, just a just a simple white album, no no band picture, no band name, even just a plain white sleeve. That was such a brave move in that uh in that sense. Nahakata yung mga reactions, si Sir Rex. Maganda siguro mga kanta ng the Beatles. Oh, yeah, siguro should, naman. Uh, yeah, you should uh, listen to them. You should check them out. Check them out. <laughs> But what a brave release that was because, you know, um, the Beatles were pioneers in so many ways. But then it's not just musically, but also in the way they released their albums, the way they packaged their albums, the way they, they did their acts. It's so funny when people were saying um, when they decided not to tour anymore, uh, mm-hmm. like they, they said, we're going we're gonna to give up touring. And a lot of the rock critics and the music industry insiders said, well, that's the death of your career. And right after that, they released Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Basically, the Beatles were proving everybody wrong. And that's a great, yeah. um, a great way to not just study um, if you really right. like good music. That's great music. But also the way they changed the industry. That's true. I think uh, for better or for worse, the Beatles are uh, the template for every band out there that uh, became successful and decided to be, you know, artists and uh, started experimenting. But uh, I think sila palang talaga din ang who could really pull it off, who could have pulled it off uh, so well. Uh, even at their most experimental, they still uh, did a bunch of good songs. That's real genius, I think, when you come there. Even when they were experimenting with um, their songwriting, the instruments that they put in, the way they released their albums, it's, they're still brilliant. So parang there were, there were times where, you know, you, if, you, if you consider the, the whole Beatles catalog um, and you can chart their progression as artists and as musicians and as, you know, people who are very savvy with the record industry who basically mm-hmm. said, fuck, we're going to do what we want to do. Because mm-hmm. when you reach that point, we're the Beatles. We can do whatever we want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so the gold standard, yeah. I think. I, I hate them. I really hate them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for that, Ellie. That's the White Album. Derek, let's go to you. My next one is an R&D album. Um, it's uh, Maxwell's debut album, Urban Hang Suite. Yes. Uh, I discovered this record when I was digging, well, CD Panono. In, near our school, there were CDs uh, in University Mall, and I saw the cover. Sabi ko, uy, mukhang interesting. And when I played it, I listened to the track Something Something. It was really groovy and, and really struck with me. 
Tapos, when I listen to the different tracks, sabi ko, uy, mukhang pang chicks to, ah. Kasi sobrang suabe. Um, uh, you know, it's really sexy pag pinakinggan mo yung ibang tracks niya. Tapos, ang ganda ng voice. And then, this album also led me to different uh, neo-soul artists like D'Angelo, Erica Badu, those those types. Kaya, pero this one to me is my favorite. All of his albums, I got I got his albums from Embria, um, Now, and, and his different albums. So, Maxwell. That Maxwell album, I remember when it first came out, and all the rockers, all the heavy rockers, I was hanging out at the time with Razorback and all these guys. And we actually sat down to listen to the Maxwell album, and we all had the same reaction as you did. Uy, pang chicks to. So that album was singularly responsible for at least that generation in that time, uh, in the time period, for all the making out that happened. Because once you put on that album, it was practically like, oh, sure, boy, <laughs> And that was the album, man. Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite. That was amazing. Uh, I can tell you, I can share stories with you, but let's not go there. <laughs> All right, Pat, let's go to you. Um, yeah, my next album is Give Up by the Postal mm-hmm. Service. I actually didn't buy this. I found it in my crate. And I was like, wow, holy shit, it's mine now. I, I did a I did a DJ set at Auto in Poblacion. I I got home and this was in my box, so I was like, okay, cool. I love this album. It's mine now. Um, uh, it's an album I listened to a lot in high school. In high school, I was uh, I was an emo. I'm a proud emo, uh, and I didn't like electronic music until I heard this. And this is actually the uh, side project of um, Van Gibbard from Death Cab for Duty, which I was like a fact I found out later on. And they're also called the Postal Service because they didn't spend any time together in the studio. They would just email each other all of the songs and all the demos, and they would just send it to each other. And that's how this album was made. And I was like, oh, quite a And then that's um, that's just how I, <laughs> from then on, that's how I make music with my friends. Like, it's like, forget jamming. Let's just like send each other stuff. <laughs> like that. Because like when you jam, you just end up hanging out. So, it's okay email, email, patong, patong. So, yeah, this, this song also has a lot of. Memories for me. Sometimes I play it um, when I have friends over, and I still memorize the whole thing. So yeah, I love this album. And it, well, I think it's nice. message na yata yung may-ari. <laughs> <laughs> Nagko-comment na. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta buy it no, for yeah. me. That's that's how they do it, right? That's how the collectors do it. Right? Well, that, that's it. that's actually funny because like they, it, you know, before the pandemic, they were doing what how musicians are doing it now. Yeah, email, so. email, email. So yeah, it's possible, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, why let? And you're right, you know. If it's jamming most of the time, hanging out will happen instead of actually writing a song. Kung email, email, wala kang choice. Eh. Ito track, 
attacking. Attack. Yeah. Diba? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt down for that. All right, Eddie, let's hear uh your sixth. Your sixth uh, uh yeah, hour. I was recently watching I recently watched this uh, Netflix show called uh, Turning Point. Uh it's a docu documentary about the 9-11 attacks. And since yeah, it's a twentieth anniversary now, but since that day, I figured it would be a good time to feature uh, the movement that parang sort of came about 9/11 at the turn of the century, where uh, there was so much um, confusion and panic, but parang music. Uh, specifically rock music uh, came to the forefront again because of 9-11 and the New York scene at that time was parang to me uh, the last hurrah of rock and roll and rock music kumbaga nagkaroon ng renaissance ang rock music which will never be duplicated again um, bands like uh, The Strokes or uh, White, uh, white stripes, the vines, uh, the rapture, and then on. Uh, the uh, the band that I sort of kind of uh, gravitated to was um, Interpol, and mm. this is their first album, Turn Turn on the Bright Lights. They've been compared uh, to, of course, Joy Division because of of uh, Paul Banks's. Uh, singing and songwriting but i think they're more than that uh, they, they write really good um songs and uh, especially the 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 lyrics are poetry to me not to mention the melodies are so good i saw them finally uh last year two years ago in hong kong and uh, yeah they're one they're still one of my favorite bands it's funny when you mentioned the the 9/11 um, uh, sparking the renaissance of rock music, uh, especially the New York scene, because New York basically there was a big push on how to get New York back on its feet. Um, because right. after that attack, uh, they were they were of course so many people were affected and it had international repercussions. And uh, I think that 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 rock renaissance coming from 9/11 is just a testament on how. A, how resilient New Yorkers are because you knock them down, they get right back up. And the amount of creativity, B, the amount of creativity that came um, when they were recovering from the 9-11 attacks uh, of not just expressing um, themselves in terms of music, but also to give hope to the entire world in general because, hey, if we can, kung kaya namin bumangon, kaya nyo rin eh. You know? I think that's such an important landmark right now. I've been watching the same documentaries, but then sometimes it just gets too much for me, so I have to like watch it in segments. Um, but you're right, the, the 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 renaissance of rock music after the 9-11 really um I don't think can be duplicated because it was a direct reaction and a recovery and I guess a um a resurrection from that awful thing that happened to them. So that's one way of uh, marking, um, I guess, a recovery and a return to uh, to 
the fighting spirit of the New Yorkers and in a bigger sense to the rest of the world, saying that we, we, we won't take this lying down. We're going to get back up. And that's, that's, that's rock and roll, man. That's rock and roll. So I'm going to check out that album, Ellie. All right, Derek, let's hear your sixth. In, uh, in the late 90s, early 20s, um, 2000s rather, um, I was craving for a new, a new sound, a new genre. And I remember uh, entering Tamabayan Music One, you know, one of the record stores here. Um, there was a, you know, a, quite a number of merchandise showing um, different uh, compilation. And, and this, this compilation, Cafe Del Mar, yes. uh, is one of them. Oh, it's one yeah. of them. Um, so I got intrigued by the diff the the, the different uh, cover designs, the artwork, and I when I listened to the album, nasa sample pa dante, no, kasi CD pa dante, I was uh, I was really blown away by the different parang sound soundscapes um, because the compilation is different genres, you know, in one. Uh, lounge music, uh, ambient, merong jazz, and uh, yun nga, I I immediately like this this album in particular, itong volume six. So I searched and and checked that yun nga ang nag ang nagcompile pa na nito is uh, is a DJ from Spain, uh, Ibiza, Spain, si Jose Padilla. So I, I backtracked, checked his other compilations, and yun, I, I really enjoyed the series. Um, unfortunately, um, DJ Jose Padilla um, passed away last year in October uh, oh, due wow. to colon cancer. So to me, this is, uh, again, a, a favorite because yung track niya na Adios Ayer is here, which when you really listen to it, it's, it's really parang, you know, a perfect soundtrack to to us you know look, looking at and, and seeing the sunset in in while you're in a beach about sipping your favorite drink so yeah man that's a classic man the cafe the, the, the cafe del mars provided a lot of soundtracks especially in the late 90s early 2000s where you know the club culture was taking off and then people wanted a direct response to all right we have techno we have you know all this but we can't really listen to that, as you said, you know, while we're sipping a drink, watching the sunset. And Cafe Del Mar came out, and that was the perfect, perfect soundscape um, for that kind of atmosphere. So that's that's uh, I have to get I have to get that. Ah, okay, this is what's this is what's gonna drive me broke, man. <laughs> you know, every time we do the show, I'm like making lists and purchasing. But really, I mean, you know, I who can live without music? We need music. In our lives. All right, Pat, let's hear from you. Uh, my next album is Heads Up by Warpaint. Ooh. So uh, Warpaint is one of my favorite bands ever. Um, they kind of uh, they kind of changed my life also um, because uh, I, I like their music a lot and they're also an, an all-female band, but they're not cute. Or they're not trying to be cute or whatever, and they're just like a fun, uh, unapologetically themselves kind of punk in a way. But the so they're an indie rock band, 
Um, you can tell that they're influenced by a lot of new wave as well, but uh, the difference is that the melodies are not uh, that dark, uh, and they use a lot of uh, um, like three-part harmonies and stuff like that, which mm. uh, makes their sound a bit unique. And sobrang idol ko din yung drummer nila. And uh, her story, because uh, the band is uh, from LA, but she is from Australia. And they found her in like a bar in LA and they, they asked her to come over and be part of their band. And then their band took off. And now they're like homies with like the Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff. I don't know. It's just it's just trippy. I think when you get to know also the the life story of the artists and you kind of get attached to them also. So yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite albums. It's a uh, Heads Up by Warping. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you get to know also the backstories of the artists behind the music. I, I'm a big fan of um, documentaries and biographies as well. And it's funny when you read biographies written about um, one specific member of the band versus a biography written about the band. It's quite interesting when you see all these multiple perspectives of how they got together. People, I guess, remember things differently. Um, And it's quite interesting to see all the separate takes on how a band came to be. Uh, And I think when you go back, if you... If you get to know the artists behind the music um, and, you know, read their biographies and, you know, basically listen to their interviews, it's quite interesting when you go back to listen to their music, it gives you a more informed, um, I guess, opinion or a more informed listening ear because it gives you it gives you stories of like, oh, so this is how this song was written. Or, oh, you know, I thought a lot of thought had gone into the song. He did it when he was drunk or when he, he did it when he was half asleep. So it's quite interesting to to have those different perspectives when you listen to a track, when you get to know the artists. And um, I think that that's that's a great story behind Warpaint. That's another album I'm going to be checking out. All right, Ellie, let's go to your seventh. Right. This is um, Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Um, Growing up, I never really owned uh, any... Uh, jazz albums, much less um, listen to jazz. But uh, maturing now, parang uh, I can see the you know I can see why people like jazz and and uh, learning about the culture and the history of uh, music, American music in general. Uh, I really started appreciating uh, jazz music and jazz musicians. Um, uh, now, parang I, uh, I I own a lot of jazz albums, and I think uh, jazz is best listened to talaga uh, on vinyl, on a turntable, on a hi-fi system. Parang there's something about uh, the music that just goes so well with the, with the warmth of of um, of yeah. I think also like listening with uh, like for example Miles Davis and other jazz albums listening to it in the format that it's meant to be released in that it was first released in adds to the romantic quality of it it's a it's a certain mindset it's like you know when you listen to jazz 
it's very different when you listen to it via streaming um, or a streaming platform. But if you if you pull out the record, mm-hmm. and that's how the artist meant to release it, when you pull out the record and you put the needle on, that entire parang ceremony already or that ritual puts right. you already in the mindset for the music that comes out. Mm. I think jazz is. Uh, I think jazz is slowly like you said ellie when we mature or in other words when we get older right we start appreciating these genres jazz used to give me such a big headache uh when i was younger i'm like you know basically it's like what the fuck is going on right and then now when you listen to it and you're older and you're slightly wiser and you've gone through shit you're like ah yeah i think i'm getting it you know and this album is so good because uh i know they it's it's a one take performance album yeah it was all improvised the performance so yeah this this is a really good album all right that's definitely on my list as well all right derek let's go to you during the same time frame when i discovered cafe del mar and i guess during the the late i sorry the early 2000s that's that's when me and my friends were heavily clubbing and uh, I, I realized now when you're at home, diba, you can't listen naman to those clubbing tunes. So I wanted I wanted something that's more mellow. Cafe Del Mar was an alternative. The other was this compilation from Naked Music Recordings. It's a it's a compilation called Bare Essentials. No, it's a, a deep house uh, electronic. Uh, of course, dancey album. And I like this because I discovered it through, I'm sure you're familiar with Head Candy, another record label with with, uh, with you know a lot of good uh, dance tunes. But the one that I really like is this, uh, no, aside, from the f- aside from the music, they really make a lot of good covers, as you can see here. Yeah. Um, well, good designs cover pa lang benta na yan ang ganda oh. oh so yeah um this is uh, one of my favorite uh, genres na dancey deep house so i get to play it even while you're at home and and you don't need parang you know a crowd or that clubbing feel kahit magisa ka lang swabbing swabe nice 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 that's another one that i'm going to look for all right let let's go to you pat uh, this is uh, Time to Die by the Dodos. They're a folk duo, get acoustic guitar lang, and drums. So, ayun, natripan ko sila because I was like, oh, they're only two. That's cool. And then, um, sobrang nagustuhan ko yung songs nila kasi yung folk siya, kaso yung strumming ng, ng guitar is like, uh, he strums it pretty aggressively, and then it's complemented by the the style of the drummer, where he uh, parang nag African African music, mm. like he actually flew to Africa to study African wow. music. So it's kind of like it has a very tribal, you could say, uh, feeling to the music. Um, and it's very busy, 
um but then you still it's still like you can still sing along to it and um uh yeah it's it's not not totally weird it's super cool i, I like the the music that they were able to create the two of them only with their two two you know individual individualistic styles put together so yeah this is one of my favorite albums and i've spent many car rides listening to this album time to die by the dodos that's such an interesting way of mixing it like african music with an acoustic guitar in a folk feel wow mm -hmm. yeah I, i'm so there yeah. <laughs> i'm so there right ayan paki-post naman yung list ni pat <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should actually be doing after our vinyl nights. Posting. Uh, ito yung recommendations ng diba, ni Pat, the Ellie. That would be great, man. Because, I mean, it'll help people, you know, it'll help people discover new music. And that's the beauty of being the community that we are. All right. Thanks so much for that, Pat. Um, all right, Ellie, let's go. We're on our, is this the eighth or ninth? Ninth. Ninth. See, ninth. thank you, Pat, because, you know, this Robert Burns single malt whiskey. Ooh. You can't you can't just have two glasses, pare. I'm on my fourth now. <laughs> Shut up, eh? All right, let's hear your let's hear your ninth. Uh this is uh Dirty Mind by Prince. Uh I think this is his uh, third album uh pre you know, pre Purple Rain, pre uh um 80s. But I think this is the best. Uh, of his works, um, he was a parang bedroom artist at this point, uh, just making records uh, on his own. Uh, he was a sempre, you know, he was a multi instrumentalist and yeah. made everything here. So this is the unadulterated um, Prince uh, uh, album for me. Make you mind. What's amazing with Prince is that when he started making records just for himself, um, when he finally you know could build his studio at home, um, essentially he started recording. He had so much material, so that when the label asked me, I would ask him for a new album. He would just go to his shelf and go here. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's just post posthumous post post posthumous. Yeah. Posthumous releases recently na sobrang galing pa rin talaga. Or sabi ni Day, she's been looking down for that, that Prince album. <laughs> let's let's go over to Ellie's house and you can you can nick his Prince album, I'll nick his uh Blade Runner <laughs> when he's not looking. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the, the 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 artistry of Prince I mean, not only was he so technically talented, and only later on did I realize that he was such a tremendous guitar player. Because you'd only take his songs as it was. I mean, I wasn't reading any biographies. There wasn't any YouTube yet. You know what I mean? Um, so you'd only take his songs at face value. And that was really good enough for me. But when you started researching about him, you realize he's such a, you know, not only was he a multi-instrumentalist, but he was such an artist that was not afraid to change who he was. I mean, there were, I remember that weird time where we couldn't even call him Prince anymore. He was the glyph. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he would release art. He would release music under the glyph. And I'm like, you know what? That is 
music that would be made by the glyph. You know what I mean? So it's amazing. He was so brave. He was so courageous. And considering all the posthumous releases, and I hear there's a lot more, pa, that they're just going to be releasing slowly because that's all the guy did. He would just go to his basement at like Paisley Park and just create music. What a mm-hmm. life. That's amazing. All right, Derek, let's hear from you. Um, yeah. Next album is from uh, the Icelandic uh, post-rock band uh, Siguros. Uh, the album is Stack. Um, it was released in 2005, I think. Um, I, I well, since uh, ever since I listened to the Cafe del Mar, no, I, I kind of like a lot of ambient, um, uh, ethereal, and this is this is an album that really grew on me. Kahit hindi ko maintindihan yung vocals because they were singing in in Icelandic, um, na enjoy ko talaga siya because of the yun nga, yung different soundscapes, layered yung mga kanta. Um, really grandeur um so yeah siguros that's so interesting where i mean this is amazing when when music can cross even language barriers um i was so resistant to that in the past because but i can't understand what they say i mean as a singer i need to understand what the hell you're singing about and that was you know my very narrow-minded way of listening to music I essentially would listen to music only I, I could sing. If I couldn't sing it, I wouldn't listen to it, which is such a, you know, it was just a narrow-minded way of listening to music until, you know, you discover all these um, other bands and other musical groups. I remember in particular uh, listening to a Japanese rock band called Biz, B-apostrophe-Z. And they were amazing. And, I, and that was, I think, I remember the first time that I didn't give a shit about what they were singing about because it just sounded so good. And that opened up my brain um, to actually listening to things in other languages. Because if it speaks to you, uh, even if it's not in your particular speaking language, but if the music will move you, that should be enough. And then later on, when you get the translation of the lyrics, ah, okay, ito pala yung kanta na yun. That's what, that's what he was talking about pala. But if the music is strong enough um, to move you, I think that's uh, an essential way of having a mindset of discovering new music. And I think that's great. And not to mention that, can you show me that the, the album cover again, Derek? Mm. It looks like a storybook. Oh, yeah. It looks like a storybook. It looks like a novel. Oh, how nice. How nice. That's what I love about vinyl. The artwork alone is amazing. Yeah, that's true. All right, Pat, let's go to you. Um, this is Beat Music by Mark Giuliano. Uh, Mark Giuliano is uh, like my, one of my top three favorite drummers of all time in the world. <laughs> and uh, if not the top one, I would say. Uh, he's, um, He's kind of a trailblazer in his own way uh, in this whole school of like reverse engineering, um, kind of like doing this reverse engineering thing where he plays electronic music without any like samples or any like electronic element to it, but playing it acoustically on the drum set. 
and um, trying to find ways and, and tones uh, within the drum set to make it sound like an electronic sampled kit. So wow. um, he's like, I've been following him for years. I'm kind of like a stalker. Like I'm, I am on his uh, Patreon, like everything, man. Like, um, so yeah, this is a solo album called Beat Music, and it's at Yellow. I don't know, that's important to say. And it's just a really good album. I don't know. I'm a big fan. He's also the one I was talking about before, uh, the last show that he played on the la the last David Bowie album. Mm, yes. So yeah, he became he became very popular because of that. But he was already kind of like an OG in the New York jazz and underground electronic scene, I guess, in his own way. So yeah, Deep Music by Mark Giuliano. Fantastic. All right, and now we're going on our 10th and our last in our top 10 um, vinyl. Ellie, let's see your 10th. Yeah, well, uh, I love film and um, I love soundtracks. I've been collecting uh, soundtracks on vinyl for a while now. And um, I think uh, no uh, self-respecting uh, soundtrack collector would uh, want to miss uh, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Uh, not just because it uh, it's, it's it contains like kick-ass songs, especially from the BGs. But it's it's also a time capsule. And um, I grew up uh, in the seventies, and, and this was all the rage back then. And yeah. I so wanted to watch the movie, pero R-rated shot at that time, and uh, the only you know the only way I could enjoy it was listening to to the soundtrack. So uh, it still holds up. I know some people still don't like disco, but uh, get over it because uh, it, it's a it's an honest to goodness um, um, legit uh, genre of music. And the only reason why a lot of people didn't like it was not because of the musicality or anything like that. It was because of homophobia, because um, disco was uh, started in, in the you know in the gay clubs, and uh, it was mostly black music, and uh, people also hated disco for that uh, uh, out of um, racist uh, reasons. I recently learned this actually when I saw the, the BG's documentary, um, Helping Amanda Broken Heart. So I'm going to listen to this again because um, this is really a super, super duper great album. That is such a kick ass album. I had the same, I had my reaction to disco was different. I mean, I was an angry young man. So I was attracted to punk, rock, new wave, metal. <laughs> And for me, disco was always my titos and titas or my older cousins. So, you know, when you're younger, you veer away naturally from what the older people are listening to. And then I had to eventually discover disco when we actually did Saturday Night Fever, the musical in Solaire. And I had to, the one constant note that my director was telling me is like, Jamie, you have to embrace the disco. And this was recent. This was in the 2000s, you know, in Solaire. And I think it's 2000, 
what, 15? And I was playing the DJ in Saturday Night Fever. I was playing the DJ. So I was responsible for giving the music in the clubs that John Travolta or the character Tony Monero would be, you know, dancing to. So I had to embrace it fully. And after that, once the bug bit me, man, you really appreciate, especially working with a live band um, like we did with the musical, with CJ Javier, who's our musical director. Um, when I would sit in the band rehearsals, I realized just how difficult playing disco is. You have to pay so much attention because essentially this genre was created for the dance steps, right? Um, right. And you have to pay attention to, you know, the, the rhythm of it, the beats, the different inflections. Because if you inflected something differently, even if you're in the beat, it would determine a different dance step. And I never knew that, um, of course, because I was so resistant to listening to disco. But, you know, I'm happy to say that, that that particular soundtrack got me to embrace the disco, and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> That's a fantastic soundtrack. I wish I had gotten one um, uh, a vinyl uh, copy of that because the guy who created um, Saturday Night Fever, the movie and the musicals, Robert Stigwood, um, he came. Um, for our opening night, and I was wow. thinking, yeah, with his friend, with beautiful French wife, Pasha, you know, and all that. And I was like, shit, man, Sanai brought Sanai got a copy so he could sign it at least. If I can't have the BG sign it, at least I'll have him sign it, you know, from the Robert Stigwood organization. Damn. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic soundtrack. All right, Derek, let's go to your 10th. My tenth is Apo Hiking Society. I think the it's also entitled Ten Years Together. To me, this is just pure joy and you know entertaining album from start to finish. Tanaman, na enjoy ko kahit yung hindi singles nila sobrang daming magandang kanta. Just just really a, a you know a big favorite OPM album Apo Hiking. That's essential. That is definitely essential right there. All right, and Pat? Yeah, uh, so my last album is a, a Tony Allen self-titled album. Tony Allen is known to be the drummer of Perla Kuti and one of the founders of Afrobeat Music. Um, to me, it's amazing because um, like a musical style like Afrobeat is very much centered around the rhythm of it and um, it's unmistakable like you can't you know like an Afrobeat rhythm is an Afrobeat rhythm just like a bossa nova or reggae like you can't mix it for another um, and uh, for Tony Allen to be kind of like the creator of this um, Afrobeat rhythm like that's just crazy to me because he basically created the whole genre and uh to me i love afrobeat i can't play it it's it's hard i mean there's like fella kuti's concerts going for hours and one track can go on for 20 minutes wow. and they're just jamming the whole time and it's so uh it's so like outrageous you know like when you watch their concerts like everything it's just bonga talaga dude like 
the costumes, everything, the energy is over the top. They're sweaty as fuck, like, you know what I mean? And it's it's just so infectious and the the groove is so locked in and like the amount of focus that they have just to, to keep on, the, the amount of physicality to keep on to me is grabe, grabe, grabe. So yeah, uh, but this is one of Tony Allen's solo albums. It's still Afrobeat, but minus minus Fella, and this is just his his own work, which is trippy also, because he kind of does some, like, kind of like tries to do like this kind of neo soul thing that comes out in his way. Uh, so it's cute, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, so it, this is a nice album I found. So yeah, I bought it. So, yeah, it's it. Fantastic. You know, thanks a lot, guys. I mean, just listening to, just seeing and hearing about your top tens, each of you, I think, it, you know, it gives me a better idea on why offshore music really works. Because you guys have your own corners of um, the soundscape. You have your own tastes, but then you are committed to a singular vision and that, and you bring with it your tastes. So it's no now I understand why you your artists are your artists. That's why you chose your artists. You have, you know, all these different tastes, but they're all good, and I that goes hand in hand with um, how you guys are running offshore. And that's you know five years in, and five years down the road, I can't wait to see and hear what you guys are going to be releasing. We're going to go into the rundown right now where I'm going to ask you two quick questions. All right. Just two. Um, but they're hard questions. All right. Or easy, depending. Um, we're going to start with Ellie. Ellie, what would be your holy grail record? Your almost impossible dream record that you want to get your hands on? Uh, well, that is hard. Well, right now, parang it's not that impossible. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, ordering it on Amazon. <laughs> uh, I've been wanting, you know, to to get uh, speaking in tongues by Talking Heads. Mm. I still haven't gotten around to doing that. But yeah, that's practically what uh, I would I would buy next year. Oh, so anybody want to send Ellie a gift at Speaking in Tongues by Talking Heads? <laughs> He'll appreciate it. Derek, what about you? Mine is, uh, it's uh, The Cure's Wish. Uh, it's available, but it's very expensive. Hindi pa siya reissue So I'm hoping it would be reissued soon. But uh, Wish is, because it. I think, well, nandun yung Friday, I'm in love. But I, I also like, uh, so, but I also like the different tracks there. So yeah, that's my, Top of my head, it's my grail. Nice, nice. And what about you, Pat? Yeah, mine, mine then, I don't think it's so hard to find. But I actually haven't found it here yet in the Philippines. It would be you know, on the corner by Miles Davis. Young, mm. medyo <laughs> parang psychedelic Funky. record, yeah. Mm. When he uh-huh. got weird and lost all his jazz fans. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's an album worth, like, you know, getting because, you know, as an artist, when you get that experimental, you lose all your jazz fans. That means you're being brave, man. <laughs> you know? Okay, next question. Um, 
what record or album in your collection would you never part with? As in, they'll have to pry it out of your cold, dead hands. Eddie, what would be yours? Siguro this one, na I, I wanted to put in the top 10, but this one, because it's signed by Roland Orzabal and Kurt Smith. Yeah. Had, yeah, it's The Hurting by Tears for Tears. I had this signed uh when we when pupil fronted for tears for fear at the uh, Araneta. so yeah uh, this is a price possession for me and that's a fantastic album um actually yeah. when i when i actually discovered i i've been listening to this album for years the hurting um and then i re- i read somewhere that their basis for this was the book the primal scream so oh. I read, which is a, it's a psychoanalyst's book. And when I read the book, I'm like, what the fuck? I'd rather listen to the album because the book was really heavy. Yeah. And it the was amazing. Record, yeah. Yeah. And, and, when you, and when you go back, I mean, after reading The Primal Scream, I had to get through The Primal Scream. It's a very thick book. And I had to go back to the album. It actually gave me more insights on what they were actually writing about. So it's actually, you know, one of their heaviest, most emotional albums. But it's so funny because it was set in the in the 80s musicality. You know, I mean, all these weird instrumentations. So the the counter, uh, you know, it, it was sort of like the juxtaposition between the instrumentation and the heavy shit that they're writing about, which I think what makes it a brilliant album. And And since you have a signed copy, say, you know, don't let go of that, man. <laughs> Don't I prob I promise not to shoplift when I get to your house. <laughs> Derek, what about you? Um this I'll I'll show this. Uh it's uh Art Blakey's uh Monin. Uh it's also I think the self-titled no. Uh it's it's not the first press, but an early press. Uh this this album kasi Parang para tayo, if you, kanina I, I heard you na hindi ako, kasi I didn't enjoy jazz when I was younger. Pero I noticed as, yun nga, as I got older and then I got to listen to jazz on vinyl, uh, dun ko siya enjoy. And this one was the album that made me say, uy, gusto kong i-explore tong, tong genre na to. Kasi hindi, hindi lang pala bebop, uh, jazz yon or uh, smooth jazz. May iba-ibang subgenres din yung jazz, like spiritual jazz, um, modal. Pero ito kasi because of the track moment na sobrang na-enjoy ko. And I had to explore the Blue Note catalog na kung saan maraming albums na, na maganda sa jazz. So, yeah, this one. Nice. Nice. All right. And Pat? Uh, yeah. Would... I, you've seen this already, but... It would be the Kamasi Washington record, the the epic, which was also signed by ano, Kamasi Washington. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I will never ever let this go, or I will never sell it, <laughs> ever. Yeah. You will never, you will never bring it with you in a DJ gig and leave it in somebody else's crate. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So for our last call, um, one last question for you guys. You know, if you know, as avid vinyl collectors, um, what advice would you give to anyone who just started actively collecting vinyl today? 
Um, Ellie, let's start with you. Did Ellie freeze? Yeah, yeah I think he's frozen. Uh -huh. Uh -oh. Uh, Derek, let's start along with you. If, uh, if you could give any advice to anybody who's collecting vinyl today, what would it be? I guess research first so that you get to know um, what you want, what pressings would sound the best. Uh, when I started uh, collecting, I was just grabbing, you know, the different uh, albums that I wanted. Pero there's some aspect pala to vinyl collecting that you need to know, such as where it's pressed, um, uh, you know, sino yung, sometimes you go deeper and, and understand who was the engineer. Kasi you want to have that, you know, a complete experience, eh. And because you know, vinyl could provide that, you have to research and find out what would be the best copy. Um, sometimes uh, collectors will look at the cover um, for as long as the cover is sturdy, the printing is good, it's good enough, no? Um, but for me, it's the sound is more important. Of course, the, 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 the albums or the music that you like is... The, the most important one, pero to me, the sound would be next. And you need to you know, research and ask people who are in the know on what would be the best uh, copy para hindi sayang yung, yung, yung budget mo to, to get the copy. And pala, it's, it's not actually the, the, the one that could give you the ultimate uh, experience. Nice. Good. So do, do your research. And ask the people in the know, and that's always a good thing because you know the vinyl community is so generous with their time and their expertise and their wisdom. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask. Uh, Pat, what about you? If you could give any advice to anybody collecting vinyl now, what would that be? Uh, don't be shy. <laughs> I know, I know it's intimidating because I think a lot of people want to get into vinyl, but they're like, huh, like. Like, that's not for me. Parang nakatakot like, uh, to, to start collecting vinyl because there's this notion nga na, you know, it's kind of like there's a technical aspect to it. Yeah. And kind of like, it's kind of like um, when you uh, first try gourmet food and then you can't go back. <laughs> like that. Like, it, it, parang it, your taste just, wala. That you already tasted that thing. So, it, it can't get worse, right? So, um there's kind of a, not naman like a stereotype, but um, I don't know. Like, yeah, don't be scared to try. And uh, just just buy the stuff that you like. Like, don't give in to like peer pressure. Like, honestly, I don't own any Beatles albums. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm not like, I need Revolver. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, but I do know the songs on Revolver, but I don't own Revolver. I don't need to own it. Uh, maybe I don't need to own it yet. But yeah. Um, so yun lang. I mean, it, vinyl collecting is collecting, but it's, I think, just buy what, yeah, buy what you want to buy because at the end of the day, that's, that's what you listen to. I mean, yun lang. Ikaw lang naman makakarinig nun. True. For the most part. The that's great advice. Uh, what about you, Ellie? Uh, what would you tell anybody, any advice that you would give to anybody collecting vinyl now? Um, 
Ano ko, um, depende siguro kung anong gusto na nang mangyari. Uh, if, if you just wanna, like, uh, get your, parang, feet in the water, foot in the water, just start small. I mean, hindi uh, naman ganun ka-expensive yung mga starter kits. Like, yung mga, they sound like crap, yung, yung mga, portable uh, turntables, which are, I think, the, the most parang affordable um, turntables right now. But you have to start somewhere. But definitely, um, the vinyl itself, um, yeah, they're, they're expensive. And um, uh, uh, lifelong na yun. Uh, so we can be expected to buy two copies of, of one vinyl uh, title. Although I do have some of those, like Thriller, I have two copies of Thriller. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, just go for it. Feeling uh, if you really wanted to do it, you'd already do it. So. Start small, Muna. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, such a huge undertaking. Uh, um, buying, you know, those high prices and you said, and damning uh, technical stuff like what Fat said. Yeah, it, it's a rabbit hole uh, going down there. So, yeah, start small and, and uh, just, yeah, just enjoy it. Great. Thank you, Ali. So, start small, do your research. But at the end of the day, you're going to buy what you love listening to. So um, don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to the vinyl community. Um, they're a wonderful community. They will point you in many different directions. But it really, at the end of the day, it's what you can afford and what you want to listen to. And that's about as personal um, as a collection that you can get because it's not just creating playlists on your Spotify. It's about actually going out there and investing in a physical copy of a record um, that was labored upon by so many people, not just the artists, but so many people. And I think it would be a great investment, not only financially, because there are you know records there that are selling for thousands and thousands of pesos, but I think it's an investment for your soul where you actually will listen to um, the music that you love in a format that's best suited for it. And yeah, like Ellie said, it's a rabbit hole. But it's a glorious rabbit hole that is so much fun and it gives you <laughs> it gives you so much pleasure. Right? So guys, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to be on our vile night. Uh, thank you, Pat. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Derek. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll say goodnight now. Thank you very much. This is the Offshore Music Gang. So thank you, guys, and please stay safe. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. For, thank you for giving thank us the time tonight. <laughs> All right, man. That was that was amazing. I mean, you see, you see why this record label works because basically, you know, um, the people that are behind the record label, who are curating um, the artists and the music that they release, um, they themselves listen to different corners of the soundscape of 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 of, of the musical, um, you know, universe. And I think that's the most amazing thing because I think. With the reactions that we have on on uh, from our comments alone of people asking for the lists of what music they listen to, it's just 
that journey of discovering music. If you love an artist, listen to what they listen to and then go back and listen to what these guys, other guys listen to and so on and so forth. So really discovering music in all its multiple genres and permutations and versions, um, artists, different pressings um, and different formats even. Uh, what matters most, I think, is you go you go by your own personal tastes, but you also allow your personal tastes to grow. And I think that's the journey of every not only artist and musician, but also a music fan, which we all are. Because simply, you know, simply put, life, life won't be worth living without music. And on that note, we're going to say goodnight. But just before we do that, um, just a few announcements from Offshore Music. Anna Mori just released her single, Oh Bleeding Hearts, and it's available on all streaming platforms. She will also be releasing a lyric video on Friday. So stay tuned to her YouTube channel for the premiere. We're also going to be shooting a few music videos for her and uh, in preparation for the release of her full-length album. So please do check her out on all your music streaming platforms and watch out for the release of that lyric video. Also, Anak ng Bayan by Sulo and Alive at Wildgrass by Extrapolation are still out there and they're still kicking ass. So please check them out on all streaming platforms as well, only from offshore music. We'd like to thank our friends from Buenos Dias Panaderia and the Misty Mountain Cafe. Premium Blend Coffee with Milo Buns. Really, you can't go wrong, guys. You cannot go wrong. So thank you so much for always supporting our show. And from our friends from Liquor.ph, Bourbon Heritage Month is in full swing at Liquor.ph. Get great discounts up to 30% off on different well-known American liquor brands, such as the Elijah Craig Straight Bourbon, Tito's, Handmade Vodka, and the Cult-Like Whiskey in Mellow Corn. Get it before time runs out, and don't be fooled by other websites, guys. Liquor.ph is the exclusive distributor of these babies. So... That uh, that wraps up our show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in to On the Rocks. I'm Jamie Wilson, and I'm reminding you guys to please stay safe, stay strong, and stay sane. Keep on rocking and keep on rolling. And if all else fails, just let the music keep you going. And if, if you find that life has gotten you shaken up or stirred, mixed up or locked down or on the rocks, what matters most is that you take your shot. Thank you very much and good night. Cheers. On the Rocks with Jamie Wilson is brought to you by Offshore Music. Go where the sound takes you.